Amy Henry's daughter was finally getting to attend sixth grade in school after one year at home due to COVID lockdowns. But this did not turn out to be the happy experience she had been hoping for. In fact, she was targeted, bullied, and beaten up by a vicious gang of girls. Instead of coming to her aid, the school protected her attackers. How Amy is fighting back on behalf of all children is coming up next. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Hello, moms. I'm Debbie Corlettis, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining us again this week. We do always at the top of the show here want to invite you to like and to subscribe to our podcast. So please, please, please go ahead and do that on all of our formats. I'm not sure if you're listening uh, through your ear pods or if you're watching on video, but would you go ahead and like and subscribe to our podcast? Also, would you share this podcast with your mom friends? Uh, we've got great material every week. And this one, of course, is going to be very interesting regarding bullying. Wow. Also, moms, if you are not a part of our Moms for America family, I would like to personally invite you to join Moms for America. Who are we? We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for family, faith, freedom, and the Constitution. You can check us out, Moms for America, at momsforamerica.us. Find out all about us, our mission, our pillars, uh, the resources that we have for you as moms uh, is pretty powerful there. So go ahead and check us out. Also, if you have any ideas for the podcast, you know I love hearing from you. Any feedback is always welcome, and any ideas would be welcomed as well. You can email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would love to hear from you. So super thanks on that. Alrighty, on to today's program. Well, currently, Amy Henry is running for the Idaho House of Representatives. She's a rock star. <laughs> Politics have never been a career path that she's even considered. Amy is an educator and had taught middle school for years before taking time off to raise her family. But Amy, she was compelled to throw her hat into the ring on behalf of Idaho's children and parents. Amy's eyes were opened when her own young daughter experienced horrific treatment at school, first by bullies and then by the school administrators. The more Amy learned about local laws and federal rules, the more concerned she became. Welcome, Amy, to the Moms for America podcast. We're so glad to have you. Thank you, Debbie. I'm glad to be here with you. Yes. Well, listen, we always love to hear about everyone's family a little bit, your kids, your tribe. Uh, what you what do you have going on over there? <laughs> well, I'm uh, a wife of an Air Force vet. I have three kids, um, a son that's uh, graduated, another son that's graduating tonight, actually, and wow. then my daughter that's just finishing up eighth grade. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations and thank you to your husband. So we appreciate everybody that's helping save America on all those levels. Um, so we're going to get into the story about what happened to your daughter, Carly. Um, can you introduce us to a little bit about Carly, who she was, what kind of uh, child is she? Well, Carly, um, she's been through quite a lot, actually, early on, um, in her education, she struggled a lot. Um, we couldn't figure out what she was going through. Actually, she uh, was having a hard time in school and 
as an educator, I, I struggled. I tried everything to, to help her. She mm-hmm. was having a hard time early on reading. Uh, but you could tell talking to her that she was a very uh, smart child. We had her eyes tested. We had her hearing tested. We ran her through every test I knew as an educator to run her through. And we couldn't find anything. And the schools really were giving up on her and wanted to put her in um, extended resource. And I knew as a parent um, that that wasn't the answer. I knew she was bright. All you had to do was talk to her, but she wasn't thriving in school. Okay. And so in fourth grade, uh, there was this mom uh, across the hall, actually, from her classroom. And um, Carly was really having a hard time. She was having hemorrhaging, just horrible nosebleeds every day by about 10 o'clock. And she was having migraines and things were just getting worse. And she just was not doing well. And she was in a private school and they were trying, we were trying. Sure. This mother says to me, have you had her eyes tested? And I said, yes, every year, you know, I'm, we're doing everything. Right. And she said, you need to take her to the specialist. And so she gave me the name of the specialist and we went and come to find out she was double-sided. So everything she was seeing, she was seeing 10 centimeters apart, double. Oh, wow. Every letter, every picture. And it's an extreme case that they only see um, in stroke victims or uh, victims, soldiers that come back that have had major um, like IED instances or, you know, been by, by a bomb. Mm. And so she had to go through major therapy, occupational therapy, vision therapy, physical therapy to retrain her, her vision. And she was way behind. And okay. so we did that for two years. Um, and then, you know, COVID hits, but, um, the kids are getting ready to go back to school and she wants to go. Right. We all remember this, right? Everybody's on lockdown. Everybody wants to get back to school. They're going to go back part-time this time, you know, so uh, COVID was such a hard time for all of us. Um, and, and especially what she was in fifth grade. So sixth grade, sixth grade. Okay. So we'd done two years of this extensive therapy, very expensive, even though we had great insurance, you know, tens of thousands of dollars out of pocket, Yeah. but she wanted to go. And so here we are, you know, the kids are still muzzled, you know, they got their masks on and, um, but the beginning of the school year, you know, we all go through this online process and this is when parents are really waking up. Sure they are. And as an educator, I'm watching what's happening. These teachers, you know, for example, her math teacher would get the kids started sixth grade. Here we are online at home and she'd get them started and then she'd disappear. Yeah. So I would end up teaching the kids from home, the class, if they needed help. That was so crazy over here too with my son. I was like, this is, he lost a whole year and a half. That's why I ended up putting him in private school myself. But COVID was just devastating for the kids. Well, you know, hindsight's 2020, right? Looking right. back, we're all like, what were we thinking? I, at least I am. And all of, right. all of my friends were like, why didn't we do this? Or why didn't we do that? And we're kind of hard on ourselves. But right. then I think we were all somewhat traumatized and shocked on what we were seeing. You know, mm-hmm. the first six days of that year, they had Carly uh, registered online as an English teacher. <laughs> and I, I couldn't get any help the school would not change it. And so she couldn't take classes because she was an English teacher and I oh couldn't my. get anybody to help me because they kept saying it's a COVID right. year. Give us a break. Right. I heard that time and time again. Right. And it was like, they wanted to pay us back for, I don't know what, like they were trying to teach us how hard it was to be a teacher. 
I already right. knew how hard it was. Right. Me. You knew that because you were right. Right. And so I was trying to be sympathetic and patient, but I couldn't get anything to happen. Right. So finally I sent them an email and I said, listen, let's register her as a student so she can learn or let's mm -hmm. send her a paycheck. <laughs> and then I finally got, got some help. So they register as her as a student. Right. So we're fast forwarding to 2021. Right. I'm sorry. So that was fifth grade. Now we're going to sixth grade. So we're six, we're still sixth grade. Okay. She's sixth grade. We're online school. Okay. We're going into finally letting the kids go into the building. Yep. It was about finally opening up 2021. Okay. And we still couldn't let him go full time. Right. Part-time. Part-time. So 50% yep. of the kids could go. Right. A day. The other 50% oh, yeah. B day here. Yep. Totally masked, you know, everything had to right. be spread out because it's much safer that way. Right. right. And so <laughs> <laughs> it's my sarcasm. Sorry. I know. So, I know. So we let them go. She was a day. So she's just barely back, just barely into the building. And okay. here's all these sixth graders and it's middle school here. Yep. So it's the first time in the building and they don't know where anything is. They don't right. know who's who. They don't know where to go if they need anything, but here they go. And we didn't know this as parents. And I'm assuming as a teacher who taught junior high math, we always taught our incoming students, where do you right. go if you need right. something? <laughs> where do you go for safety? Who do you talk right. to if there's an emergency? So I find out later, of course, none of this takes place, but I didn't know it at the time. Mm -hmm. So here they are. She's going on A days every other day with 50% mm -hmm. of the kids and they're all masked, you know, you see yeah. this much of the group. So she's not there very long, maybe, maybe a month. Okay. And she comes home one day and I had had a text message from this one teacher that was so lovely that Carly's had a panic attack, you know, not a big deal, panic attack. I figured, well, who wouldn't have a panic attack? You're not breathing all day long. Right. And plus, yeah. did she ever have panic attacks before this, by the way? Uh, no, not really. No. Other than, okay. you know, the stress from the nosebleeds and all that, but right. it's new. Okay. Everything's new. You know? Right. So you're so thinking it's think... stress of the school. I get it. Yeah. Junior high, middle school. I didn't think much of it. Okay. And Carly hadn't said anything. Okay. And so I didn't think too much of it. So two days goes by and she goes back and I get another text message that she's had another panic attack. And I'm still not thinking too much of it other than her jeans are torn at the knee and she's bleeding. Hmm. And so she tells me that these girls had thrown rocks at her and she'd fallen down. And hmm. so now I'm starting to think something's not right. right. You're putting two and two together. Right. So this is a Thursday. She doesn't go on Friday because that's the B-Day kids. So Monday right. she goes back. And you know, you have the weekend and I'm thinking, okay, we've had the weekend. Let's see how Monday goes. Is she communicating much to you during this point or not really? Yeah. She's kind of just playing it off. Like it's okay, mom, don't worry. Right. Okay. So really all I've learned from her in this short period of time is that they taught her some, probably should not tell you this online in case kids are listening, things they should not have taught her. They did not have permission to teach her. She was not taking this sex ed class. And um, that all of the girls that are her friends have decided they want to be boys. So that's all I've learned so far. And um, so that's that's all I know so far. So she goes back on Monday. Their lunch okay. starts at 10.22 in the morning. So they go outside at 10.22 after they eat. 
Like a recess kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. You know, they eat and then they go outside. Right. And then she comes home, gets home about three o'clock, 2.50, three o'clock. She comes home and her face is beat up. She's beat up. Clearly. And you can so, see it, right? Yes. No one's so called you from the school? Not a word. No text message, nothing. Now, again, she's getting beat up on the face. And that's why the medical condition that we talked about in the beginning of the show is so important because she right. clearly had some medical issues. So uh, this is not good that this, your daughter has now gotten punched or hit whatever it is in the face. So you're right. worried. You're worried. Very. And the school knows. So as an educator, I made sure that they knew. Sure. She's on an IEP, an individualized education plan. So the counselor knows, the vice principal knows, the teachers all know mm -hmm. the, the issues with her head. So she does not need any head trauma, but yet 1030, because I have the video, they knew this happens at 1030. They put her in a room and by room, I mean box basically is what I call it. I pure child abuse um, for the day. And the Dean of Students who does not know her at all questions her for the day. No one calls you still. No word. So the whole day. So from 1030 until the bell rings a little after 2.30, she is questioned for the entire day. Mm. Why is she not nicer to these girls? If she was nicer to these girls, this wouldn't have happened to her. On and on and on and on. And never contacts me. Uh, she could have had a brain bleed. I mean, she doesn't. Of course. She didn't. But I mean, who knows? They don't know. He's not a doctor. Right. Oh, by the grace of God. Yeah. Right. And so she comes home and I see this. And as you can imagine... I was not happy. Right. So I pick up the phone and I call and I talk to the dean of students who I do not know from Adam. And little did he know what he was going to be dealing with. So for 45 minutes, my husband said, I <laughs> had a lot to say and I'm very professional, but that, your child. Is, yeah. that is where my journey began. And I will go to my grave helping children because of that very day. So let me, let me just clear something. Let me just state a couple of things here. So you're, do you know what you knew at that point when your daughter came home that she was being beat up by girls at school, that there was a couple of incidences, right? The first day when, when she came home with a panic attack, they were actually spitting on her backpack. Is that correct? Uh, no, it, no, it was all came together all at once. Oh, okay. 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 So all of this at one time they attacked, they threw rocks at her they, and they attack her on the school property. This all comes together all at once. So now okay. she comes through the door and it's all coming clear. So she tells me the first day they spit all over her backpack. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Okay. Second day they threw the rocks at her. Right. And she was sent to the, the office, the counseling office the first day from the, the, her, them coming after her spitting on her things. She had a panic attack and had to go to the counseling right. office and see the nurse. Right. The second day they threw the rocks and she was right. all cut up, panic attack, sent to yeah. the office. Uh, a report, you know, they file, have to file a counseling report or whatever. Right. Again, no one's contacted you. Right? Nope. Nothing, no official contact, only right. the teacher texting me, which she could be in trouble for, um, which is crazy. And then the third day, the attack, again, no contact at all. And, um, and why were these girls after her? What was happening? They like to prey on vulnerable mm. kids. 
And uh, I, you know, I find out much later. Uh, in fact, I just found out this year that it was a gang. They, they have rights, so they can't tell me it's a gang. Um, they like to prey on vulnerable and she's new to the district. Okay. And so they didn't know her. Um, and and, and she, was she kind of shy too? Very, okay. very. Yeah. And she hadn't been in public school, you know, so new to the district, hadn't been in public school, white, quiet, um, not um, wanting to turn into a boy. Uh, mm-hmm. The only one of that group. Uh, a lot of things I believe. Right. Um, uh, it, right. They targeted her because of her, I guess, her profile, almost profiled her. Right. And then they celebrate afterwards after they do it. Um, but here's, here's, these things are very important. So I call the Dean of Students. Okay. He tells me that my daughter, if she was nicer to these types of girls, she would not have been targeted. Um, so the mother in me was furious because right. I said, do you know my daughter? Have you talked to the counselor about her? Have you talked mm-hmm. to her teachers? Have you talked to the mm-hmm. vice principal? Because they all know her very well. Right. Had you called me and said this was my boys? Probably true. <sighs> very true. My daughter? No, not true. No. So and you, knew and this you don't was even know her. Right. Nothing right. about her. But you what? use her in a box all day long before even talking to anybody that knows her. And then, Terrible. yes. And then, um, he says to me, ma'am, and I'd heard this so many times all year, it's a COVID year. Give us a break. These kids are all masked and we do not know who is who. So then he hit the teacher in me and I saw red. And that's when I said, and the vice principal was on the line. He finally, I finally found out. He said, oh, I'm here on the line. And I knew him well. And I said, that is it. That means to me that none of these kids in your building are safe. If you don't know who's who, you right. have no business having your school building open. Right. So I demanded a meeting with the okay. administration and the counselors. And I said, your building is not safe. Right. And my, I, my daughter's getting attacked. And yes. you don't know who it is, supposedly. Right. And you don't know who's who. Then why do you right. have your school building open? Because who else is in danger? Right. What do you mean you don't know who's who? They're just all numbers. It's a fair question. Right. And so um, our daughter didn't go back until I had this meeting okay. and I wanted to know what all their safety protocols were. And I didn't speak as a mother. I was there as an educator. I was curious. And I found out that they locked their school building. So those kids all are sent outside and there's all these buildings. So you're talking all these corridors and there's one lady in a golf cart with these plastic sides all around the golf cart. So she doesn't get wind or rain. And you can't see. I mean, there's all these corners. You can't see what's going on. She can't see. Oh, and so she's is- patrolling. She's patrolling the the playground. Well, she's not of really a- moving. Right. She she stays in one location. <laughs> from the video. So patrolling's a bad word. I get it. Okay. Yeah. So she's just out there, and yes. she's supposed to be the one that is monitoring. Right. Okay. And in her defense, I, I have a hard time defending her only because I've watched many times how she does not move. Okay. And so. I, I have a problem with that, but in her defense, there should be more than one person. Good. Okay. And in the video, you can see my daughter trying to get into the building and she cannot. Oh, they so you, you got to see the video of them attacking her. Yes. Oh. And she's locked out of the building. She cannot get the door open. And they said, well, we have to do that. We don't want the kids in the building. Great. Super. So you lock them outside. So all of the adults can be inside enjoying themselves at lunch. Now, I never got to do that when I was an educator. That is not what you sign up for. 
So she can't get in the building. She can't get away from the girls. So they're preying on her. Adults are inside. Doors are locked. So she's trying to run away the other way. She can't. She can't get to the lady on the golf cart. So finally, some girls come in and grab her and rescue her and pull her away. Mm. It's the only way she gets away from them. So that's what you see. It's it's mm. it's pretty it's pretty horrible actually to watch. And Terrible as a mom, yeah. It could have been really bad. It, right. it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. But Thankfully, those girls not safe. Her out. Yeah. Not, not safe. safe. Her children at yeah. all. So, so we took care of that. We cleared that up. Again, we never found out that it was a gang until much later. The police encouraged us to press charges, so we did. Okay. Um, the school. I wrote a letter to the school board. They doxed us. They doxed my daughter. That very day, our house was um, all the hardware on our front door was destroyed. They tried to break in. You said you went to the school board and they doxed you. Yes, myself and my daughter. How, how is that even possible? they just put all of our information online awful and that very day somebody tried to break in my son was home he was 16 at the time and he heard them from downstairs so he came upstairs i don't know if that's what stopped them i don't i don't know what stopped them but right the police came that night my husband was out of town so the police came that night helped me put my door back together tighten all the the, nice. the doorknob back on and everything like your daughter hasn't been through enough. Now they're coming to the house. Right. And then six days later, they came back and destroyed the security system. So the first day that they tried to break in, a man came up to me in my driveway at about 1045 at night, and he knew everything about me. And I told him the police were on their way because they were. Mm -hmm. And he finally left. And I thought it was all about what I was trying to do with the school board, because as soon as I was given all the information about the masking and that they didn't know who was who. Right. I gathered, right. right. I gathered a group of moms and seven of us decided we were going to get the school district to make masks optional. Yeah. And we did. So that's what I thought all of that was about. Right. And I thought that's what the docs team and everything was about. And we were stalked for months, and I thought that's what that was about. Um, but it but wasn't. They, it wasn't. And they put my daughter on a kill list, and we just barely got her off of that. And uh, it was horrible. They said they were going to chop her head off with a chainsaw, and it, it was pretty vivid. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, This is this child that's going to school in sixth grade, and this is what happens. Right. And the school does not rise up and protect and try to stop any of this. Uh, no. And they basically leave you to fend for yourself and basically say, too bad, it's a COVID year. Oh yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't care. And they never told us it was a gang. I found out this year because this gang was on the front page. They made news when we were working on passing legislation for this bathroom bill to protect girls in the bathroom. Hmm. And a school district neighboring us made big time news. And the girl that had led this gang it was on the front page of all the news stations and the paper and it was the girl that attacked my daughter the, the leader and her grandfather uh, ran for our idaho supreme court and he is the um, ex-husband of the grandmother of the one of the stalkers um and i followed them from our house one day i just had it i was so tired of being stalked and i followed them and found out 
that they were all connected. Wow. And that's how we found out it was the Little Rosa game. Wow. What did you, so what were you able to do, um, I guess, legally? You, you can't, I couldn't get a restraining order. They wouldn't give me one back then. Nothing. And now I know why, um, you know, when you, when you have those types of connections, you're, that's why they wouldn't give me one. I, I, you know, it didn't matter how many videos or pictures I had of being stalked or what had happened Nothing. with reports to the break-ins. I, I couldn't get anywhere and I would call the police and be on hold. In fact, one day, when we were being stalked, I called the police and it was 50 minutes. And I finally was so tired of waiting because they told me I couldn't call 911. And I was so tired of waiting. I stayed on the phone and I drove to the police station. So I'm still on the phone. I get to the police station. God bless our police. I know they're, I know they're busy. Right. Um, but I was just doing what they told me to do. You know, I didn't want to call 911. And so here I am on the phone and I walk into the police station and I said, you know, I, we're still being stalked. You know, it's been two months mm. and here, here's my phone. I don't know what to do, right. but I've been calling you. I'm on hold. It's been 55 minutes now. And she says, no way. And I suggest yes, this is your number. Look. And she says, I can't believe it. And so they were so nice. They said, from now on, you call 911 every time. And I said, are you sure? I mean, I don't, I don't want to hold up their emergency lines. Mm -hmm. And she says, absolutely. You have to. And so a nice policeman came back, came out, came out and I won't use his name. I, I, I want to protect him because I don't want him in trouble. Sure. And he said, do not ever put your daughter in this school district ever. He says, we will never be able to keep her safe from these people. And they couldn't tell me at that time. Now I understand what he was doing. He couldn't right. tell me that they were connected you. to this gang, but he was warning me. Yeah. So you took your daughter out. I did. Obviously. Yeah. Started a new school fresh. She's doing okay now. We're homeschooling her. It's, okay. it's taken her, it's taken her a while, but you know, this led me to they, people would ask me to speak. I spoke on the Capitol steps a couple of years ago with our former Lieutenant governor and mm -hmm. she had formed an education task force to look at the uh, indoctrination in our schools. And yeah. So, so that got me started on, on that and doing more research on what was happening in our schools. And uh, my daughter, you know, had a chance to get to know her really well and uh, meet some of our representatives and senators and right. She's, she probably knows more about our, our government and the, and the legislative yeah. process than, than most kids her age. And, and she's really learned a lot and she's going to be a lot better for, oh, yeah. for this. You know, she's, she's strong, she's right. really strong. And, and my boys are strong. And, and are you um, homeschooling everyone? Yeah. The, the, my yeah. son is graduating tonight. He, he was homeschooled and he was able to finish his senior year and work full time this year. And he's doing great. Good. Well, you know, so many educators, even I know they have, they have some really deep insight on this because they see where education started. They've seen the decline. Um, now we all see the indoctrination. We all see the agenda. Um, mm -hmm. Really public school, there was a massive public school exit for safety, for education, for indoctrination. And then, you know, homeschooling, private schools. I mean, moms, we have to figure out a different, uh, it's a different world. Right. We got to figure out new options, new, new forms of education. So good right. for you, Amy. And I'm glad it's, she's safe and I'm glad that she's, she's settled. I wish I would have done it sooner, but hindsight's 2020. This is, you know, this is how mm -hmm. we learn. We can only do what we know. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't know. I thought I was doing, I thought I was doing the right thing. So well, I once, think this is once you learn, you got to do, you know, Better. You do better. Yeah. And you know, this is why it's so great to talk with moms like you, 
because, mm. you know, we learn, we learn from other moms, right? Mm. So there's moms that are listening now that I'm sure their kids are, there's, there's a lot of kids that are getting bullied in the public school system. We know that, right? Yes. That is nothing new, but it is so intense now. And they're so uh, bold and brazen about it. And they are, they, I mean, school's not a safe place right now. So you got to take your kids out and you got to figure out what else to do. What advice do you have for, for moms that are listening right now that could be dealing with bullying like this, um, you know, that you learned? I know you shared some of it, but right. anything else you'd like to share about that? Well, you know, I tell parents and, and it's hard, it's hard to say this, but it's true. Every day you send your kid to, to a public school. And I know a lot of really good teachers. So I've got to say that first, because I have a lot of really good friends. Sure. Teachers and yes. They're shining light in the darkness and that's why they're yeah. staying. Yeah. And, but, you know, I just met with a mom a couple of weeks ago and her son went to a preschool and early elementary with my daughter and he was 14 last year, April 20, <laughs> sorry, April 23rd. Hmm. And he killed himself, killed uh, himself. And that so there's sad. nothing harder than meeting with parents over and over again. And yeah. they just do the best they can. And they think that they've got it under control. And, you know, poor Charlie and his sister, Katie came home and she, she, mm. whoa, she just graduated and she tried to save it uh. and she just couldn't. And he was so bullied in school. And then he went to a youth facility and he was bullied there. Ugh. And our programs just aren't, mm. not in Idaho. They're just not fit yet. They're not, they're not doing what they need to do. And yeah, to protect our um, kids. No. And my, my kids have had 12 friends, you know, since, since this pandemic, I call it started mm -hmm. that have committed suicide and it breaks my heart. And I know yeah. it's hard. I, you know, I've been a single mom before, so I know when I, when I tell parents, you, you've got to home, you've got to get your kids out of there. I yeah. know what I'm asking when I say, you know, they say, well, I got to work. I get it. Yeah. But if you think your kids are getting, you know, seven hours of instruction or even four during the day at school, they're not. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can work full time and still homeschool your kids. You can. Yeah. You and can. there's pods, there's all kinds of, you know, mm -hmm. it's a different it's a different day now because there's parallel education. And, you know, I know a lot of moms, they just either at the private school, they go to the private school and they work or they, you know, we're doing whatever we have to do as moms and dads to get our kids in a safe environment, whether it's in private school uh, with a biblical worldview or at home, right. homeschooling or in a pod, you just have to do that because like you saw with your daughter, bullying is a huge issue right now. Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough culture. We know that as parents, we can see what's going on. So right. And the, in the United Nations, their agenda and our teachers unions agenda, it's so real and it's yeah. so happening. It's not a conspiracy. And right. It's, and they it's don't want you as a parent to even be involved. You know, we, we talk to parents all the time and it's like, okay, you know, we don't really care what you say as a mom and dad, you know, they're surviving in the school. Um, right. and, and, and that's not what we want. So this whole journey has pushed you on to even, um, right, run for office. Yes. I mean, this is right. exciting for you. Yeah. Look at how God, look at the journey. And I'm so glad at the end of the day that your daughter was safe. Thank you, God, that Carly's okay. Yeah. But this journey, you really have um, just stepped into it. Doors have opened. And now um, you're running for state rep. I am. I'm so excited. So our primary is 2024, but I'm running for state rep. 
Yeah. I, I just can sit by and watch what this legislate this legislator I'm running against, you know, voting with our Democrats, voting to keep porn in schools and um, you know, won't talk to the people at all. And I'm sitting working with these people day in and day out, and these moms and dads that are suffering so bad and yeah, you know, all the things we've talked about. And so I did have this parental rights legislation passed last year and Good for you. Um, I, I just knew I had to do it. I just had to right. step up and do it. And so, yep, just announced this last week and we were in the parade and the kids, my kids are all with me. And <laughs> it was so much fun. So no, I'm really looking forward to it. We just, Good for you. Look at that mama. Look yep. at that mama. Yeah, that's right. exciting. I love it. Um, and another passion of yours too, is just, you're very concerned. I mean, obviously you're getting involved in the political process to make a difference, but one of the things that you're concerned about too is just that this administration is trying to take away state sovereignty. Right. And I'd like to have you speak to that real quick before we close out with you, because this is something that we all have to understand. It's the bad guys are really bad. I mean, they're not just trying to take away power or adjust or a bill here or there. They are really trying to take, they're trying to destroy the constitution. Absolutely. They are. And it's a little twofold. I, the, the Biden administration right now is working very hard to the U.S. Department of Ed to pass this administrative rule to take away our state sovereignty and through this unreal. rules process. And I, I would love, I've been shouting it from the rooftops for a long time. We have got to pay more attention to this administrative rules process. And 20 states, um, the AGs have filed through the sixth district court uh, in Tennessee and so right now there's a hold on it. And I just talked with our representative Barbie Hart last night and she's um, filed a, uh, you know, everybody could send a, a letter to the US department. And, and so I think we've got a hold on it right now, but Good. it's very serious because it would make all of our laws that we passed to protect our girls in the bathrooms, um, in their girls' sports. It would take away all of those bills that we work so hard um, for in our states. Biden would just eliminate incredible? them all. Right. Get rid of them. Isn't that incredible? He wants to have a sweeping power that everything that our legislators that we have, uh, you know, that we have elected to be our voice, all those bills, then he would just start taking away on his agenda. And right. thanks to um, Representative Barbara Ehart, I'm saying that correctly. Yes. We love her. She is wonderful. Uh, she's a champion out there. And that's what we need. We need good legislators like you and Barbara in, you know, in office fighting for. Uh, their community and their states, you know, and their, and those parents. So thank right. you for um, rising up mama. Yes. I love it. And I just encourage moms to just get out there, volunteer, teach their kids about the founding documents. I love what you guys are doing yeah. with your cottage meetings. Yep. You got it. Cottage Very meetings. important. Yeah, we are. We just, you know, right. If we can get the mamas educated we can get the mama strong in their their stance and liberty and you know educating their children then they go in and they educate and teach and love and raise up the next generation of patriots so thank yes. you for what you're doing there amy best of luck thank on you. your upcoming uh election i know it's going to be a tough uh it's Running's not easy, but right. we'll be praying for you. And um, you. God be the glory. Whatever works out, we know that is part of the plan. And to your family, thank you for staying strong and sharing this message uh, with other moms across the country. Thank you, Debbie. Bless you. Thanks.
Well, thank you once again, Amy, for sharing your story and the best of luck in your campaign. Uh, we love seeing mama bears like you taking on the schools and protecting their kids and protecting their families. That's what we do here at Moms for America, right? We uh, help moms protect their kids, their schools, their communities, their homes, and we help them in their journey through motherhood. Uh, we are here, moms, for you, and we always want to invite you to join our family. If you have not signed up for our newsletter, I do want to invite you every week to do this as well. This is how you get educated on issues that relate to you as a mom and help you engage with other moms all across the country and in your community. So go to momsforamerica.us and also sign up for our newsletter. Uh, when you're there, would you please check out our uh, cool series? It's our signature series. It's called The Cottage Meetings. Amy and I mentioned that quickly in our, in our, in our interview. This is 12 lessons that will inspire you to edu and educate you about America's amazing heritage so that you can share the principles of history and liberty in your home and in your community. This program, The Cottage Meeting, along with many of our others, like um, Healing of America and Cottage for Kids and Liberty Kids, uh, they will help you uh, impact your family in a very powerful way. So please check out the Cottage Meetings and all of our resources, again, on our website, momsforamerica.us. Right, we have everything that moms could need, from public policy to parental rights, from the kitchen table to Congress. Moms for America has so many resources for you. We believe, moms, that liberty begins at home, and we believe that you moms are the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement, Moms for America, is so powerful because it's moms like you going to save our country and protect our children. So kudos to you mamas. Alrighty, I do want to invite you to join us next week for another inspiring and informative discussion for moms just like you. We will see you here back next week and let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Thanks moms. Thanks moms.